This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. If I was harm, I'd be saying the one key thing that Kerry have struggled with over the year, over the last specifically two years, is themselves in the latter stages of the championship. If they are within any sort of swinging distance with 10 minutes to go, even if they're within seven or eight points, they will test Kerry in every sort of conceivable way. They'll come at them from every angle. Hello and welcome to this week's throw-in with Dublin legend Philly McMahon. I'm Sinead Kassan and I'm also joined by the Irish Independence Conor McKeown. So we're down to the final eight in the football championship. The qualifiers are done. There's been some shocks, notably Tyrone's exit and some surprises. Claire and Derry in the quarters, anyone? Well, today Philly breaks down all four quarterfinals and tries to put us inside the dressing room of each team as they prepare to fight for a place in the last four. Uh, well, Philly, let's start with quarterfinal between Armagh and Galway, which is the first game at Crow Park on Sunday. Armagh are like the, the overnight success that's been eight years in the making under Kira McGinney with their winning run through the qualifiers. And then we've got Galway, Connacht champions, who somehow seem to be coming into this game under the radar. Yeah, well, the carrot for these, for those two teams and the other two teams is that they could possibly play in an All-Ireland final if they, if they obviously win this one and the next one. So um, I think that's what will be in the minds of the players' management. But I do think, uh, on the other hand, I think what every team will be saying this weekend, whatever side of the draw you're on is, um, do not lose focus of what's ahead of you here focus on what we have here, get a good performance and let's see what happens um, after that. So Armar obviously on the crest of a wave and they're moving well and the narrative in the in the outside of their camp, which might be feeding into it a little bit, is that um you know this is not a bad draw for us. We could get to an all Ireland semi-final. We've had a really good year, uh, a little bit of a blip in the in the in Ulster. But I would I would I would uh, be on the side of caution, caution if 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 I was Armagh because I I'm gonna stick my neck out and say I think Galway are going to be big challengers here, like in this game. Um, they they've brought some individuals into the background team. Uh, I heard Shane Watts speak about Bernard Dunn. Um, I know the work Bernard Dunn does. If he does the same bit of work that he's done with us. Um, I think they'll benefit massively from it. And I think the management team will benefit. I would have seen um, some of the energy that the, the Galway management team over the years would have had on the sideline. And I think they have a bit, bit more calmness about them. And that breeds into the younger players on the pitch. So if they have that three stalwarts in terms of Conroy, Walsh and Comer, 
on it on the day in in in, uh, in Crow Park. I think it's um, it's going to be a tough game for Armagh, and I think if if Armagh think it's going to be an easy day, or do you think they can just show up? I don't. I think they'll they'll find themselves having a shorter summer than they they thought. You mentioned Bernard Dunn there, and obviously you would have worked with him. What exactly will he bring to the Galway setup? He'll work mainly with the management, is that right, Philly? The one thing that I've seen uh, is is that the management, the Galway management team, you know, they were they were very energetic when we played them over the years, and um, I think that's seen now to be a bit more calmer and relaxed, and that definitely, as I said, breeds into the the group. When you look over and your manager's a bit, you know. Uh, energetic um, or your coaches or your staff or selectors, wherever it is, you, you kind of, that kind of rubs off on you. You get a bit jittery. But if your manager's nice and calm and, and I suppose the, the media would have questioned Jim Gavin's demeanour over the years and how unenergetic he was in the sideline, but that's that's the way it is. So what will he do? I'm not sure. I definitely, I, I would assume that he'll work with players individually. I'm sure that he'll be he'll have some sort of input into the management team. And I think overall, just the fact that he's been around the team that's been very successful over the last 10 years will automatically have an impact on that group. Connor, have you noticed a difference kind of in Porrick Joyce this year? Obviously, they brought in Keane O'Neill uh, there as well. Hard to say for definitely. He's, he's, he was one of those managers um, for certain who was very vocal on the line, who wouldn't put a whole lot of effort into trying to conceal how he was kind of feeling on the touchline. Um, so I don't know how that changed. I actually haven't seen Galway in the flesh since the first round of the league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see now on Sunday whether there's any kind of difference. But, you know, like Joyce is one of these figures and, and Kieran McGinney is one as well who are so iconic within their own county and that it, it gives them a, enormous gravitas, but I think it also puts huge expectation on them as well. I think for Joyce and McGinney, they're, they're, you know, they're trying to, to work with players that wouldn't have been at the same level maybe as they were at the very start. Um, so there's a, there's a kind of an interesting comparison between the two. But, um, you know, like Joyce started off with a very, very uh, explicit way of playing for his team. He wanted them to play in the front foot the whole time. And I think an awful lot of, and it's no, it was no surprise because he was such a, such a brilliant footballer, such a gorgeous footballer to watch, that he would be an ideal as a, as a manager as well. And I think they've become a more solid version of that. I think Keane O'Neill would probably have something to do with that. But like the Bernard Dunn thing, again, without knowing, I think having somebody around the place who just understands what it's like to be an elite level athlete, what that means for how you spend your downtime you know, how you recover well, how you switch off, which is a, which I would imagine is a huge thing for Gaelic footballers at this time of year. It's okay for Dublin and Mayo who have, you know, most of those players have been down this road a million times before. But this is a brilliant weekend because we have a lot of teams who haven't been here before, you know, and I imagine being able to maybe switch off, you know, in the, in, at the times when, when you're not consumed by training and recovery that will put players in a good frame of mind. So I think that's the kind of thing that he will bring to the, bring to the setup. Um, because, you know, again, when it comes to gravitas, if you're a former world champion, you have it straight away. You know, I think, I think players kind of particularly high performance athletes in Galway's case, they'd be eaten out of the pan of somebody like Bernard Dunn's hand. If that's what he, that's what he is there to do. And I'm only assuming that. 
Yeah. Philly, how important is the backroom team for counties to kind of go to the next step? I suppose McGinney as well, he's, he's brought in Kieran Donahue. It's a second championship. And I know Donahue said in the past that it was his own up and down experiences through the years as a player that kind of helped create, you know, that gives him that awareness and understanding of players. You know, McGinney's got Donahue in there as well. Like how important are those kind of support um, systems uh, for players and managers coming to such important game and um, like this weekend's game for, for Galway and Armagh? The easy answer would me would be yeah they're massive um but it's very subjective really like um there's incidents of coaches that are maybe gone around a couple of teams and they've it's worked well in some of the teams but hasn't really transferred in other teams that that way um there's obviously then the the kind of the thing of um player ex players from different counties like Kieran Donny um like uh Tomas O'Shea maybe going to Offaly and stuff like that. So um it's very yeah it's very subjective. But like what what would they bring? Like I suppose um they're bringing experience from the other counties. Like um the big thing is that with Dublin winning over the last couple of years, they're they're kind of it's it's nearly a, it's nearly a think tank in itself, isn't it really? Like because they're bringing it's like even Rochford going to Donegal, they're kind of bringing the same information. It's not really the information that has conquered Dublin, let's say, right? So it's the same information from the different counties going around. However, like an ex player, like I would think like Donahue would bring maybe the basketball element into it or maybe his experiences, which wouldn't be like a Rochford or maybe O'Shea. I don't know what Shea, O'Shea would bring in terms of this modern the, the way the game is modernly tactically adapted. Um, that's not to say he wouldn't have any experience or knowledge on that. I'm just saying, obviously, he was out of the game for a while. It's it's still adapting and it's still, it's still growing as, as the years go on. Um, so I don't want to give you the easy answer tonight and say, ah, yeah, it's great. Everybody, you know, if they come, if they come from a different county, but I do think they will bring, they will stimulate the group. They will certainly um, help with the blind spots of the management team. And and I think that's what Bernard Dunn will do for Galway as well. He'll create a different stimulus. Kieran Donny the same. Rochford's gone to Donegal the same. Um, but again, as I said, it's the same. For a lot of the times, it's the same information just being regurgitated around. Uh, if it was somebody from the Dublin camp, um, from a backroom team, you, you'd kind of think then, hold on, this is different information, like, you know. So I just want to make it clear, right? Um, there's a different, you have to define the difference between a backroom team and a management team. So your management team is your, is your, co- is your, is your manager, your coaches, your selectors. And then your backroom team is, is your uh, S&C, is your medical team, nutritionists, psychologists, that's so. So does I think people cross them over too much. Your backroom team is your backroom team. I definitely don't. I think there's two different teams. There's a backroom team and there's a, there's a management team. It feels like Galway, um, Connor, have the most to prove though coming into this game, don't they? I mean, this is surely the day on Sunday when their big name players, you know, your Shane Walsh's, Damien Comers, tell those Armagh young boys like Reno Neils and Jarley Oak Burns, like it's not your time yet. There is there more pressure on Galway coming into this game? Probably is, but there's still a fair bit of pressure, I think, on Armagh, because uh, like if you just want to take the Armagh example first, you know, for the past eight years, you've nearly been saying that the, of all the teams, the provincial system is stopping Armagh the most from growing because it's such a very claustrophobic environment there. 
There's no easy draws. It's hard to just get that first win, and they have found it hard to win. And now this year, having found the exact same issues when they came up against Donegal, they got the worst qualifier draw imaginable by having to play Donegal and Tyrone, the two sort of foremost forces in Ulster football for the last 10 years, and beating them both. Gotten the quarterfinal draw that isn't Dublin and Kerry. So the planets are starting to align for Kieran McGinney after eight years there. And I think if they don't win, it will be as good an opportunity as they'll ever get to make that step up. And if they do make the step up, they look like they're primed to keep going. So there's massive, massive, I wouldn't say pressure necessarily so much as what's at stake for Emma. I think it's huge. But I think you're right about Galway for the Porridge project. It was a couple of years when they just didn't kind of, they, you know, they didn't live up to the potential. They kind of hinted at going somewhere. Um, and having won Connacht, having beaten Mayo, because I think that draw was really good for Galway this year. They had very little time to recover from the league. They had to sharpen their focus for Mayo, and beating them is the ideal situation to set you up for the rest of the summer. So they have huge potential. They have huge variety in their attack. That's the one thing that it's not just a case of having good forwards. It's having lots of different fellas who can do lots of different things and threaten you in different ways. And Shane Walsh, when he's on his game, is practically unstoppable. The way he moves, the, at the angles that he turns at, the speed that he can accelerate on the turn, he's very, very hard to stop. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Armad do with him at the weekend because he, he tends to do an awful lot of his damage out the pitch um, and then kind of come in and go. So, like, I think it's going to be a brilliant game. I think there's so much attack and talent on the pitch. And I think both managers, you know, I think there's a misconception about, about Kieran McGean. You, you know, I, I, I think both managers have, I think they think in attacking terms first, you know, I think this team is what Kieran McGinney has wanted all along. And I think that's what Kieran Donnelly brings. He's running the attack. Um, and same with Porridge Joyce. So, I, like, I think Sunday's match, the two games on Sunday, but I think this one would be really tight. And I think in terms of the kind of football we see and the kind of entertainment um, that we see, it could be it could be a blockbuster, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we will move on to Clare against Derry. So obviously the winner of Armagh against Galway will play the winner of Clare against uh, Derry in their quarterfinal. Uh, look, brilliant to see Clare make the last eight um, of the All-Ireland Championship. But do we expect to see anything other than a Derry win here, Philly? Well, the one thing you can say about Clare is the, the and it's been mentioned a lot, is their, their never-say-doy attitude, you know? So um, nothing changes in terms of their, I'd say, preparation mentally that nobody's given us a chance here. They've it's got a, nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. It's a one, it's a it's it's just another game. So there's a lot of less pressure on them. I think uh as I said all year, if you're in that change room, um what you're essentially saying is keep this this team contained, ask them questions uh, in terms of dirty, be patient on the ball because they will get men behind the ball. But also when we get a chance Going after their kickouts is going to be crucial. Can we get them when they're not structured? Can we get goals and be and be uh, clinical when we need to be? Um, and then we just set up and we just absolutely dog them till till they're they're sick of us. Um, and like I think Claire have have the have danger men there as well that are going to cause them hassle. So I think it's um it's one of those things where Claire have been wrote off. Um, in a, do I still think Derry have too much for them? I do. Um, if Derry don't lose, if Derry don't win this game, it's because of their, of themselves. It's because they've been complacent on uh, where they are, where they are in, in terms of the the championship this year. But another brilliant story, very similar to Armagh. Um, and I think 
when you look at all the the provincial winners, um, Derry are the ones that you don't really you're not really looking at as much as the other three. Like really, are you? You know, it's it's the big outlier. And when you look at some of the statistics, they're actually up there with the top three. And well, definitely they're up there with the with the four provincial winners. Like statistically, so just thinking about performances wise, not just ah look they've they've won. They're the standards that KPI is. Uh, are up there scores scores against shots shots against they're, they're up there with the likes of Kerry Dublin um, for, for me so that, that'll show you the standards that if they drop below them standards that's where the cause themselves has yeah Connor I think we, we did mention it before about you know there was some talk will Derry change their style when, they, when it comes to the All-Ireland series in Crow Park but why would they I mean sure they are going to double down on their style when it comes to Crow Park on Sunday Ah, yeah. Actually, be, yeah. It, it would be it would be an act of harakiri now to abandon <laughs> this style that not only did you win Ulster for the first time since ninety eight, but you cleaned off the top table. Like it wasn't any old Ulster title. Like they took out the three big teams, the teams that would have been one, two, three, and a lot of people's preferences for an Ulster title. So, but it's interesting just in regards to like I'm not sure how this style translates to Crow Park. I know there's not. A huge difference in this physical space that's on the pitch in Clonus and the pitch in Crow Park, but there's enough and there's just a feeling of vastness in Crow Park. And if you're trying to condense all that space, um, I just think you leave more gaps, uh, and that'll be interesting. And we spoke about this before. There is three games in Ulster. They got ahead early. They got goals very early in two of the games, and against Tyrone, they got a early flurry of points. And I'm just, I'm interested to see what happens if they go behind or they don't hit the front of the match. They're going to have to press on a small bit. They have huge pace. That's the other thing that I think would be very interesting to watch in Crow Park. In all of their matches, they were at the set of little one-on-ones around the pitch. And the amount of players that they have that have absolute scorching pace. So that should be a huge thing for them. So you'd expect them to win. But there's one point in all of this. Um, this is the first year ever where we have all four provincial finals over the same weekend and four quarterfinals over the same weekend. And that means that all four of the provincial winners have had four weeks without a game. Now, Philly would be better qualified than me to t- tell you what that does. But there's no doubt that there's now a complete separation from like an emotional separation, a physical separation, um, you know, a psychological separation from their last game. So I don't think any of the provincial winners, regardless of even Derry, who came through so impressively, I don't think there's any momentum anymore. You know, I think your momentum is shot. You have to go down a small bit and bring it back up again. Um, so just from that point of view, you know, the teams that played two weeks ago and won the qualifiers, particularly Clare, who finished so well, I do think that they have a bit of that form that will carry them in. And it will just be interesting to see the provincial champions, how they start at the weekend. Because sometimes you see that they'll gradually click into gear, but it might take them five or 10 minutes. And if that does happen to Derry this weekend and they fall behind, it will be a different dynamic to any of the games they played this year. Yeah, I feel that will really come into play when we talk about the Kerry Mayo game, but we might as well discuss it now, Philly. I mean, how big a factor is it? You know, will that four-week de- delay be? I mean, it feels like we'll hurt Kerry a bit more because they had that Munster final against Limerick. But in generally for the provincial finals, that four-week break, uh, that four-week gap, how will teams manage it? And will, will it still be a factor this weekend? Yes, massive factor. I would say... Um... The only thing you can go off in the the only thing they can go off in the last four weeks is let's say their AVB games. What what level? And even at that, it's still not as accurate, it's still not um as similar as you playing a match in a championship situation environment, right? So did they play AVB games? What sort of numbers were they hitting in those AVB games? I'm not talking about just scoring, I'm talking about 
like Kerry were ahead of everybody in terms of their their statistics and their scoring opportunities. Uh, they were up the top, uh, conceding the least. Um, they were hitting all the really good KPIs, performance KPIs that would say, you know, you know, you get this kind of question around the the, the Kerry X players and how are you doing? Now oh, we're doing okay. That that Q Hurs type thing. Kerry were when I was saying Kerry were ahead of the rest, they were ahead of the rest in terms of performance KPIs, right? So they were ahead. Has their numbers dropped off over the last four weeks? That's what I'd be looking at if I was their management team and their backroom team. And are, are, are we still on that trajectory of, of beating those numbers and beating ourselves because we're at the top of the chain? Uh, all the other teams then, it should be, are we getting up to the level of the numbers that they have? So that will tell. So if they get beaten by Mayo, well, then you can answer that question because then you can say, well, beaten by Mayo, maybe their standards were off the last four weeks. That's the only way you can judge that. There's no way you can say now. Um, I think their 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 that four week break is going to impact them. You can you're just assume that. So was it just the ABVB uh, games that really kept you you know on your toes going into when when you need to deal with the break going into an All Ireland quarterfinal? Regardless of the time of the break, right? Um, all you can judge yourself off, like so. If we're playing, if I'm playing a match, if I'm playing with Dublin this week, or playing Cork, I don't know how well I've trained this week. I'm assuming I've trained well based off my last training session or the training sessions before that, prior to that. But I still don't know if that's good enough to do my job against Cork, right? But if I go out and perform really well against Cork, then I know, looking back, I've trained well, right? So that's the way I would have seen my preparation. Um, like, I would have used the example of the time we play at Tyrone and we absolutely blitzed them, but they all they they underperformed also. It was just that perfect storm. And I remember then looking back at the week of it's what the Ireland week. final. No, I think it was maybe a semi-final. I think quarter final in eleven. Quarter final was yeah. it? Was it, it, it? The only the only the thing that stuck out for me was as I said before, Sean Kavanagh came out after the game and said it's the, the the most physical team we've ever played against. We, we just like we just, everything just clicked tactically, technically, um, physically, everything clicked, and then it just didn't click for them. And you just had that perfect storm, as I said. But looking back of that week or two of preparation, that's what you would look at as a carbon copy and say, going into that next game in the semi final, you have to either be at that level of preparation and training, or you're going to drop below your standards in that game, the next game. So that's all you. It's not exact science, like, you know. So, uh, Kerry, for me, the key thing here is, have they been going after their consistency in terms of their performance KPIs to keep them ahead of the room? Yeah, we will come back to Kerry in a moment now, but we're going to go on to Dublin against Cork. You're still a Dublin player, so keep imagining yourself in this situation here, Philly. Um, you know, of course, the expectation is that look, Dublin will 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 beat Cork this weekend. So, how would you treat this game as a Dublin player? Is it... Do you kind of imagine, do you set the standards for yourself that, you know, that that you would set if you play Kerry or Mayo in the semi-final? Or what, what would the mindset be for a Dublin player coming in against Cork this weekend? Respect Cork like anybody on our team. Respect them. Um, do your due diligence. Do your homework. Prepare like you are going to play the best team in the country um, with the best players. And you need to be on your A game. And make sure that 
there's no sniff of complacency around you, in you and around you in terms of your teammates. Um, they would have, they would they would have been for me the key things that I would have looked for. Constantly looking for information on on players that you haven't played against in a, in a long time. We played against when I was there. We were playing against Cork and Friendlies, and they were good games. By the way, they weren't walkovers either. Um, we played them. I think we played them twice last year in, in Friendlies. So I don't think any of the Dublin players will be will be in that mindset. I really don't. They've not. They've. They've no reason to be be there because of what has happened this year in terms of the league. I think the competition of the group is getting a little bit stronger as the season's gone. There's a couple of lads coming back from injury, um. So it just depends. Um. I, I would feel that there's enough experience in that Dublin camp that are 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 going to be on the money in terms of what they need to be focused on. Uh, will they have a little bit of a blip? Will they, will Cork have corporate patches throughout that game? I think they will. So that's the the adversity that you need to be thinking of. What do we deal with that? How do we deal with that? When that happens, what do we expect? And how can we come out and, and minimise that danger and that corporate patch? So uh, focus on what you can control and get after you know your homework like you would have done with any other team. Yeah, is this going to be almost an exercise in containment, Connor, for Cork? We saw what they did for the first 50 minutes or so uh, with Kerry in that uh, Munster semi-final. You know, what can they do to try and just, I suppose, hang on to the coattails of, of Dublin for that for that opening while uh, on, on on Saturday? Well, I think they'll I think they'll do what most teams do. They'll, they'll get a lot of men behind the ball. They'll form a very uh, sort of tight defensive shape. They'll try and you know, stop Dublin's running game. Uh, they'll definitely play with a sweeper in front of their full back line. There's no chance they'll fall into the same trap that Kildare did. Um, and I, like, I think they'll probably do it to a point. You know, I do think there'll be an element of rust about Dublin this weekend. I don't think that's, you know, that there is, there is, uh, how would you say, they're as susceptible to that as any other team. Um, so I, I think Cork can do that, you know, and I think Cork have, you know, you know, they still have good players like Sean Powder's pace, like he can hurt you from deep in the middle park, Brian Hurley up front. Like Cork have enough things that will that will consume Dublin this week that they won't be looking beyond this game. And I think that's probably a good thing for Dublin uh, to make sure because the thing about Dublin and, and it, 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 they're almost a victim of their own kind of consistency over the years that when Dublin show up for a game like this, because their calling card is the Dubs have these standards, they bring them every single day. This is what they do. When they don't rise up to those standards, all of a sudden we're, we're thinking, well, this is a crisis. You know, they're, they're not at it here. You know, they, they, they operate off a different sort of energy to Mayo, for instance, who, you know, stunk the place out in Crow Park last week and were, and, and or a couple of weeks ago, and we'll be talking about them as possibly beating Kerry on Sunday. So for Dublin, it's key that they just hit those levels this weekend because, you know, if Dublin produce a bad performance against Cork and stick it over the line, which is like a possible outcome, you know, I think, I'm not sure how much you could rectify in space two weeks going into an Ireland semi-final against Kerry or Mayo. So there's not a lot riding this on, uh, a lot riding on this for Dublin this weekend. You know, if they can get back to the energy and the sort of attacking, uh, um, I would just say, efficiency that they had against Mead and Kildare, well, then we know that Dublin are where we suspect they are for the All-Ireland race. Um, but if, there, if there's a drop this weekend, I think that raises more questions. One eye has to be on what's coming next, Mayo or, or, or Kerry. And and I'm talking about from me, not from a player's point of view, because they won't be thinking that way. But from me, um, outside of the camp now, there has to be one eye on Kerry like and Mayo. 
Um, if you fall below your standards against Cork, um, I would imagine you're going to find it really hard and it's an uphill struggle against the, the next two teams that you possibly could be playing against. So I just think the standards have to be important. They have to get after. Um, if you look at that game, if you look after the, Cork, the Dublin Cork game and Dublin have won, the key thing I'd be saying is, well, what standard, what performance levels were we at compared to Mayo and Kerry? And that's the information you give back to the players. So it's we're not on it. We're not we're not up there with, with them two. So we've a lot of work to do over the next couple of weeks. Or we have we're up there now. And that breeds confidence and we're ready to go now. We just need to kick on a little bit, but there's still a bit more work to do. That's still always going to be the case, you know, just to keep the lads on their toes, I'd say. Um it's look at for me, it's I I'm really, really buzzing for um these quarterfinals. I think it's been a brilliant championship so far. Um, and I think these quarterfinals are are going to be very interesting. So I'm buzzing for it. Yeah. And we've saved the best for last. Uh, Kerry against Mayo, obviously, four o'clock on Sunday. So this is like the Mayo conundrum where on the one hand, you wonder what Mayo will turn up. And on the other hand, uh, you know exactly what Mayo will turn up. I mean, it is called Park, it's championship. And this is where they t- have a tendency to bring it, isn't it, Philly? Yes, if I was Horan, I'd be saying the one key thing that Kerry have struggled with over the year, over the last specifically two years, is themselves in the latter stages of the championship. How do you mean? Uh, well, against Tyrone, um, you could say there's a lot of variables that maybe impacted them losing that game. I'd say, but one of the huge ones is themselves, and you could say that they had a bit of a break. Um, between that I think that maybe complacency set in within that time frame that they thought you know what we've turned around here we've we, we pushed by this and then you've seen the year before we were Cork you know um, so there is that little bit of a wobble in Kerry and I don't think it's because of the opposition as much as it is um, Kerry themselves in terms So do you of think the- that there's a weakness there mentally? Well the last two years um have shown a little bit of that. I wouldn't say it's a huge weakness. Um, what I would, how I would counter that is this, I don't think that was the management's fault the last two years, but there is a different management in now. Um, so who knows, is Clifford fully fit? Is he going to be risked to play? Um, I, I think it depends on, you know, if they're in the melting pot and they need to get over the line. Um, but they would be also thinking of if we risk Clifford here and we get through, what what what's going to happen in the in the semi final if he's to play the Dubs, you know? So, but if I was Mayo, um, as we always hear about Dublin and as we hear about Kerry, get after that full back line. Not really sure about that now. I think I think I'm not sure if if I was Mayo, I'd be more banking on the runners, the strong runners from deep which will also have an impact on Kerry's forwards' energy. So your, your Kerry forwards are going to have to chase and tag those type of, type of runners. So that will impact them on the other end offensively, Kerry offensively. Um, I just think it's a really good matchup. It really, it, regardless of how well Mayo done in the last game, I think it's a really good matchup because they're very similar styles. Um, obviously, Kerry are a bit more kicking, Mayo are a bit more running, but... I think these are two giants going head to head and I think it's going to be um, 
I really think it's going to be in the melting pot in five, ten minutes to go. Yeah, Connor, um, like Mayo really do almost to finals. Is, I mean, they were so brutal um, against Kildare in the first half in their qualifier game. And they always just seem to be teetering on that cusp of disaster, don't they? Yeah, it's almost like they're waiting for the point in the game where they have to push that really extreme button. And it's it, it, like they bring the madness out of themselves, you know, like and when they press up on opposition teams, which they did early in the second half and go after the kick out, like that is their best attacking weapon. That is their best chance creation. It's not kicking ball into the full forward line. It's not winning clean ball and the forwards working off each other when they press. And that's what their inside forwards are very, very good at. They will press really high up. And if you concede a bad kick out, as Kildare did a couple of times, Aaron O'Neill got a hard time for about 10 minutes. They can turn that into not just one, two, one, three, but an awful lot of momentum and an awful lot of energy in the game. The problem is you can't really do that from the start of the match because it's so high attritional. Um, and you're kind of, you're inviting the team to kick the ball over the top of you. So you have to wait for your moments. You have to spring that trap. Um but like, you know, if you go back to the first half of that game, their shot selection was so poor. Some of their kicking at goal was so poor. With the caveat that there was a very strong win that day. I think the scoring zone was much closer to goals than we actually thought. But the Mayo forwards didn't take that into account themselves. Um, and they were just really, really bad. But in the second half, like, you know, like there used to be the time when Colin Boyle and Lee Keegan used to raid forward from, from wing backs and Mayo were hard to stop because he had one coming from either wing. But now you have Keegan and Oshin Mullen coming from the full back line, Owen McLaughlin and Paddy Durkin as well. So they have so many good runners and they're co- coming from so far forward that it's got to be a difficult task for Kerry. Like, I don't think that, you know, Paddy Clifford or Paul Ganey, these lads, they're going to want to be tracking their men up and down the pitch all day. So Kerry have to take that into account when they decide how they're going to set up their defence um, because that's what it pounds. But the, the big thing is, if Clifford is not right and Mayo put Ushin Mullen on him, there's a fair chance they could take Clifford out of the game because Mullen is so athletic, he's so quick, that if Clifford is not physically right, he'll just keep getting out in front of him. He'll keep beating him to the ball. And then the other thing is Rhino Donoghue, and I think that's a massive call. If Rhino Donoghue is in any way fit, I think Mayo have to play him because without him, they have no ball-winning outlet. He is... Three years into his intercounty career, he is by far the most important forward that Mayo have. Uh, and if Clifford was off it or didn't play, and Ryan O'Donnell did play, I think it, it it could nearly tilt the game back to balance. Like you'd still expect Kerry to win, um, but I think it's going to be an awful lot closer, and there will be an awful lot. There'll be a lot more drama, I think, between now and the end. There's no outcome sitting here now other than a handsome Mayo victory that should be surprised with by Sunday afternoon. Horn after the game against Kildare said that they had a poor start. Their energy was poor. I think they're going to go after that. I think they're going to try have a, a, a like if they if they don't have a good start. This is where they can do damage to Kerry and really show up that four month off or sorry four week. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But, but the reason why I'd say that is also um, you you can have a poor start against uh, a team like let's say Kildare. Right, you can have a poor, they've shown you can have a poor start again from there and you'll get it back and you'll keep fighting and you'll show character and you'll get like cause that's they have it in abundance of mail. I don't think you can do that with Kerry. Kerry are so good that if you give them that head start, they might you mightn't get it back, they might just keep, keep kicking on. So, I think they're gonna go after. Um, can remember. Mayo are not shooting the lights out at the minute. Like I think, um, I don't know if it was the Kildare game, they only scored three from playing the first half, I'm right? In that Connor. Was it the Kildare game? They only scored three from play in the first half. Yeah. yeah. So they're not shooting the lights out. And I do I do think if Kildare didn't concede that goal, they would have struggled. 
uh, would they have won? I don't know, but they would have struggled. This, the, the, the Jordan Flynn goal flattered them and it looked like a bigger win than it was. Um, however, what I would say from the the Mayo point of view, from the from them, what did they learn going from the Kildare game to this game is that they have they still have that character, they still have that resilience. Uh, that Kerry don't really haven't been exposed to this year. So can like at any stage, if you're horn, you go, lads. Be confident in this because we are the ones that have shown resilience, persistence. We are the ones that have fought regardless of what has happened to us, what adversity we've come up against. They haven't. They've had an easy run here. So when they get a purple patch, contain it. You know, don't make sure it's, 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 it, we, can, we shift that momentum fairly quickly. And once we keep doing that, we will be okay because mentally we've been here before. But this is why Jack O'Connor was brought in, Connor, like to bring that hard-nosed approach back into Kerry again. Yeah, well, I mean, Jack probably brought back in because he's just such a shrewd kind of manager. He would have brought in, he would have brought in the right kind of people. Um, but it's very hard to contrive the situation that Philly's talking about. You know, it's very hard to replicate it in training. It's very hard to test fellas' character um, and generate situations or you know, simulate situations where the game isn't going how they're expecting it to go. The opposition will not stop coming at you here, you know, and all of a sudden you get that sinking feeling again. You know, like a lot of these carry players have been around for five or six years. An awful lot of them have experienced bad defeats in games where they were expected to win and probably should have won. And I think until you actually go and, and get over the line, you just, uh, it's hard not, I would imagine, it's human nature to kind of get a bit of a sinking feeling. Um, now, like, you know, once this this carry team is so much attack and talent that if they do get over the line and win in All Ireland, you could see the winning, you know, three out of the next five or something like that. But until you do, I think that question is always there. And no matter what situation Mayo are faced with at the weekend, if they are within any sort of swinging distance with 10 minutes to go, even if they're within seven or eight points, they will test Kerry in every sort of conceivable way. They'll come at them from every angle and they'll try and put them at the back foot. They'll try and turn over the kickouts because that's one area where Kerry, unlike all the other top teams, have not had a settled uh, uh, lineup. They've chopped and changed their goalkeeper so much over the last four or five years. And I'd expect that Mayo will go bald-headed after that because they do that to everybody, you know? Um, so, yeah, it'll be a huge one. Now, the flip side of that is that if Kerry come through a massive test from Mayo this weekend, they're in great shape going forward. Like, that, that is as we'll tough really benefit them, yeah. a situation as they're ever going to face because Mayo will ask different questions. They'll make their forwards work backwards. Um, you know, as I said, they'll go after the kick out. And they'll really put them in an awkward situation. And I, and I think if Kerry come through it, which, which I do expect them to do, I think they'll be in really, really good stead going into the semi-final. Okay, nicely teed up, lads. Uh, just prediction time now. Uh, so Armagh against Galway, lads, who are you tipping there? I'll wait for Philly because I don't I'm waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be tight. No, I, I, I actually think Galway are going to win it. I, I've kind of flirted with Armagh like a lot of people during the week. But I just think that Galway have been building up to this for a while. And... Um, even as I said, I'm not particularly convinced, but I'll go with Galway anyway. Jesus, first look of concentration on your face there, Philly. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, oh, this is the big one for me. I don't know which way to go. Uh, I'll go with, because I'm wearing a purple top today. I go with, I, I know it's, it's similar to the Galway colours. I'll go with Galway. Okay. Uh, clear against Derry? Derry. Yeah, I think Derry as well, but I think that'll be an awful lot closer than, than, than people are imagining. 
Clare are a team that have a very, very strong sense of togetherness, whatever that is. Mm. Um, and I think they'll keep that one tight for not longer than people think. Yeah, no, those great uh, celebrations after they got into the quarter. So it definitely seems like a good team uh, since there. Uh, Dublin against Cork? Dublin. Dublin yeah. yeah. And Kerry against Mayo? I've already given it to Kerry, so I let Philly pick Mayo. Are you going for Mayo, Philly? Uh, no, I'm not going for Kerry. Yeah, I just think um, they can be exposed in the full back line. Okay, well, it is going to be a cracking weekend. Well, that's it for this week's Throne with Billy McMahon. I'll be back with Michael Burney on Monday's show to look back on how the quarterfinals played out with Dick Clerken and Kieran Whelan. You can re- listen, rate and follow on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. And we'll be back again next week for more. Bye for now. This is an Irish independent podcast.